Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Hello again, friends. This episode of 10 Minute Tuesday is brought to you by the Unnecessary Suffering Speaking Tour. Uh, Now, interestingly, I noticed that I was causing myself and others a little bit of unnecessary suffering this week and decided to end that by, instead of postponing and making new arrangements for live events, even though that would be wonderful, I'm now offering them online. So, look, it won't be as good as being in the room. I do know that, you know that, everybody knows that, but being online together will be the next best thing and in the absence of certainty around when we can be in the room together let's just be together online and it also opens opportunities for people all around the country not just in the capital cities and in fact all around the world so those listening from the states and the uk india south africa uh, it's an opportunity for you there's three online events that i'm running now and if you've heard me talk about unnecessary suffering before the idea is that you know, the aim of the game is not to find the path that has no suffering. If that is on offer to you, it's a trap, I promise you. Uh, it's not supposed to be easy. Life is suffering. The aim of the game is to choose meaningful suffering, suffering that gets you more of what you want, suffering that develops your character, suffering that adds something worthwhile to your life, that gives you a pursuit that, that is meaningful and purposeful and avoid unnecessary suffering. That is suffering that shows up in your health and your finances and your relationships and your work and your sense of purpose. That is caused by not understanding how to deal with challenges, never upskilling your ability to position yourself for success and growth in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the challenge. If you don't know how to navigate challenges, then you will suffer greatly. You you will still suffer in a meaningful way like the road forward is still hard, but both roads are hard. So if your choice is just between two hard roads, it makes more sense to choose the hard road that leads to life rather than the hard road that keeps you stuck in a place of death. So I'm going to give you some really practical um, insights and tools around how you can address unnecessary suffering in your life and move out of that place of being stuck and lost into a place of much more meaningful suffering. Sounds fun, I know. So uh, jump online, uh, jaymanfraser.com, and you'll find tickets there. So there's three different options depending on what time zone you're in, and it'll be really fantastic to have you in the room online. Um, At this stage, I'm still doing uh, Canberra and the Gold Coast live events at this stage, but we'll see how we go. On to today's subject, which is gamification. This is a a lot of fun and something that I think about frequently in my own life and is a tool that I use all the time with clients to help them get unstuck. So I thought it it made sense to introduce this idea to you if you're not familiar with it. So backtracking one step by talking about metaphor first and foremost. So metaphor is the language of the unconscious. You might have heard me say that before. That's an, an understanding from the world of NLP. It just means that and the way that we experience the world and make sense of the world is through metaphor. Uh, it helps us um, connect things we know with things we don't know. So a metaphor, the basic tenet of a metaphor is X is Y. 
So uh, his suggestion was a band-aid solution. The world is a stage. My kid's room is a disaster area. That man is a snake. So, so you might not know what kind of man he is, but you know what a snake is. So because you know what a snake is, then you can go, aha, slippery, uh, dangerous, poisonous. I get it. I understand what you're saying. You, you might not know what the kid's room is like, but you get disaster area. You know, there's, there's a measure of chaos. You don't know what the world is, but you know what a stage is. Uh, you don't know what kind of the quality of his suggestion is, but you understand the concept of a Band-Aid being a short-term measure to treat the surface-level symptom. So when when we use the metaphor of a game, so it, it opens up a new way of thinking about something we didn't know how to think about before. So some examples of gamifying areas of our life, you can do the broadest gamification and say life is a game so you don't know what life is but you know what a game is you could say becoming an adult is a game you could say overcoming overcoming insecurity is a game you could say earning money is a game you could say relationships are a game in, in fact i'm on a deadline for writing the, the manuscript for the next book leverage how to change the people you love and currently I'm writing a piece about the idea that relationships are a game in order to introduce the rules. See, if I just started by telling someone you need to have rules in your relationship, that doesn't seem like it makes sense because it seems like the antithesis of freedom. It seems like that would cramp your style. It would get in the way of intimacy. It would it would be wrong. It, it would It would not be useful. But if I say to you relationships are a game, well, you know that rules have a place in a game. In fact, not only do they have a place, they're essential. If you sit down to play a game and you don't know the rules, well, how are you going to have a good experience? Especially if the other person does know the rules and you don't. So learning the rules is not hard. I mean, not it's not something you would resist at all. It's something you would lean into. Great, tell me the rules. Help me learn the rules so I can win the game. So if you bring that logic into relationships and you go, cool, then how do I, if relationships are a game, then tell me the rules. Help me understand how to play this game very well, how to play it to win. So gamification, just that that metaphor in itself, all of a sudden opens a very new way of thinking about something previously you might not have been able to think about. So there's a few great things about games. Firstly, as I mentioned, rules. So rules are great. And knowing them inside out is even better. Uh, winning is better than losing. In, inside a game, if if relationships are a game, if life is a game, if money is a game, if being an adult is a game, if overcoming insecurity is a game, well then winning is better than losing. So, okay, how do I win the relationship game? How do I win the money game? How do I win the... Uh, the adult game, the overcoming insecurity game, the life game, because that's the point of a game. You don't play a game to always lose. You're trying to improve your skill so you can win. Also, the thing about games is they bring fun. You you don't have to play games. There's an invitation to play a game, and you choose the games that you enjoy. There's a whole variety of games played around the world on every any given day, and you choose the games that are fun to you, in, intriguing, interesting, that you like, and that give you a good chance to win. So if relationships are a game, if life is a game, if overcoming insecurity is a game, well, then it's fun. There's enjoyment. There's excitement. Um, th- there's, there's also drama. So the drama of the game gives it meaning. It's a great time to be talking about gamification because we're watching 
the games, the Olympic games at the moment and the drama of games. If you haven't shed a tear at, at some point in the last experience, especially in a place of uh, lockdown or, or challenge in the COVID season, um, you probably don't have a soul, I would suggest. You might need to go see the doctor about that. But there's so many great moments of drama because you watch someone who has worked so hard, devoted them life, sacrificed, trained, overcome obstacles, overcome naysays, challenges, and yet risen to the pinnacle of their sport and under immense pressure with the whole world watching on has risen and won. Like that is an extraordinary experience and it stirs our hearts and minds and inspires us. And so the harder it is, the more drama it is, and the more drama it is, the, the, the more meaning there is. If you watch a game where it's, it's inevitable someone's going to win, it's easy for them to win, well, you're not actually watching that game. You couldn't care less about that game. What, the game you want to watch is one that's super hard. You're watching the underdog do something impossible. Uh, that's when you are riveted to your seat and you are stirred in your heart and mind. So... So again, if relationships are a game, if life is a game, if overcoming insecurity is a game, is earning money is a game, then the drama of that game is what you want. You want it to be hard. You want it to be challenging. You want it to involve sacrifice and discipline and courage. That's the point of a game. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's some wonderful opportunities that become available to you when you understand the fact that this is a game. One other interesting thing about games is that games have meaning simply because we we decide they do. So I was talking to one of my clients about uh, this this week, and we were talking about ping pong as an example of games. So I was questioning, you know, who decided, who came up with this idea that hitting a little plastic ball across a small table with a tiny net with a little bat was a game they wanted to get good at. Uh, and and uh, in fact, I have some un- I have some information about uh, how ping pong was developed. Listen to this: table tennis was an amusing after dinner party game in Victorian England. A row of books would serve as the net, and players would bat a golf ball using books. In 1901, James W. Gibb found novelty cellulite balls on a trip to the U.S. that were perfect for the game. The bat appeared the same year. Table tennis was highly popular in the 1930s with Chinese soldiers, a passion they obviously passed on to their descendants. Table tennis first appeared at the Olympics in 1988 and Paralympic Games in 1960. Uh, and the Chinese have dominated with a medal tally of 53, including 28 gold medals. But you think about the mechanics of table tennis. It's a strange game. You know, let alone swimming. Like, who decided flapping your arms around like a windmill in water was a good thing to do? Someone said, watch this. Watch how fast I can do it. I bet I can do it faster than you. And someone else said, no, I reckon I can do it just as fast, if not faster. Let's have a race. You know, next thing, we're riveted to our seats, watching people flap their arms underwater, round and round like a windmill, and get into the other end of the pool. And we think it's incredible. Like, does it actually have any meaning? How is that contributing positively to the world? Like how? how? It, it's, it's not. Except that it is because we decide that it's meaningful. We decide that we enjoy it. We decide that we like it. So if you think about the games that you're playing and, and think about the big game, I've, I've said, I say it numerous times, I'll say it again, that solving insecurity 
is not the main game. It is a game. Of, absolutely, it's a game that you can win and should win. It's, it's an easy game. It's a qualifying game. It, it's, it gets you to the Olympics. You've got to win that insecurity game before you can go to the main dance. But then you get to decide what game you'd like to play when you get to the Olympics. You get to decide which game you'd like to discipline yourself for, um, sacrifice for, overcome obstacles for. You get to decide the real game. And often when I ask people where they're heading in life, what's their compelling vision, they get paralyzed by this fear that it has to be altruistic. It has to There has to be this grand divine purpose that's put in their lap that they know is is something pure and and going to help the world but whoever's flapping their arms in water or hitting a you know a golf ball with a book across a table like that has meaning simply because someone decided it had meaning and we all went yeah you're right it's that's very meaningful so pick something pick a game play a game but understand the rules of that game so a few, few questions. First of all, what game are you currently playing? Uh, what game do you want to be playing? How do you win that game? You, you know, you might, be, you might be unaware of the games that you're playing. You, you might be playing a game right now of how the game you're playing is how to keep your workmates happy with you or how to keep your in-laws happy with you or how to keep your parents happy with you or how to keep your kids happy. That might be the game that you're playing without even knowing why or how and so all you're doing is trying to win that game Um, but it's not your real game it's there's a bigger game at play and like if your big game is ping pong or table tennis uh, and your coach says what we're going to be doing is deadlifts this week and I want you to uh, run 10 k's and and then do uh, 10 reps of 100 kilos you're like well what's that got to do with table tennis um Nothing. They're, they are not practices that are going to help you win that game. So so back to if you get lost, you lose sort of what game you're playing, then you'll be practicing things that help you to win the wrong game. It starts with you being clear about the game you're currently playing, the game you would like to be playing, and how do you win that game. Then organize your resources, your focus, your energy, so that you win, so that you increase your chances of winning, so that you get better at playing that game. Then you get to have fun with it. Then you get to put meaning to it. Then we all win because you put meaning to it and it's an enjoyable enjoyable game for you and in that way you contribute to the world. That's gamification, how to gamify your life. I hope it's useful. If you can make it to the unhindered, unhindered, unnecessary suffering speaking to it, it would be so good to have you in the room. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project Podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.